podcast world which shaking this life ain't for everybody got another awesome episode another one that i'm going to get down to probably going to listen to it when it comes out sipping on a little bit of that tennessee sour mash whiskey thank you jack daniels for everything you do for myself our crew all of our brands another episode of this life ain't for everybody presented by the one and only iconic jack daniels enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking i love spending time in nashville tennessee music city usa it's changed a lot over the last 12 15 years since i started going there in 2008 but i still love it it's got that aura that swagger that culture that vibe that energy great food great people great music daytime nighttime so many different sections of town are going off now broadway midtown the gulch the surrounding areas you're going to be able to find country music tradition all over that place and some of the music coming out of there i don't even know if it's country music some of it i was having a conversation the day before yesterday on saturday before easter how a lot of the music coming out of Nashville, Tennessee, I would not, I don't think it'd be on the radio in the late eighties or the early nineties. I think, uh, Travis Tritt and Mark Chestnut and Tracy Lawrence and Tracy Bird and Hank Jr. And, and even get going back a little bit to Hag and Waylon and Willie and Don Williams and George Jones. I mean, there's Jamie Johnson. My guest today knows Jamie. I met my guest today through Jamie Johnson. Um, there's other singers in Nashville that I would love to hear on what we call country music radio. I'm not going to get on a soapbox. I can't do it. My guest today is so country though. Um, when you listen to her and I don't know if she's ever been compared to other female singers, but she's got Tanya Tucker in her. In my opinion, she's got a little Winona in her. She's got Gretchen Wilson. I've hunted with Gretchen Wilson. I know who Gretchen Wilson is. She doesn't know who I am, but Casey Tyndall, you are a badass. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. Heck yeah. I haven't seen you since Vegas and Reno with Jamie. I know, flying in an airplane. Holy crap. Yeah, that was awesome. What a what an experience. That was an experience. I'd never flown in a plane that small. And I ain't gonna lie, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's this this podcast is about you, but I have to I have to talk to you about how we met this this man called Jamie Johnson. Uh, just inducted into the, the country music Grand Old Opry, made a member of the Grand Old Opry, uh, blew him away. Jamie was blown away on stage that night. I was watching it. I was blown away and so happy for Jamie. Um, I'm honored to call Jamie a friend, but I'm more honored to know that he's never like, I, I guess sold out is the word. Is that the word? Like he's never like yeah. given it. He's never given in. He plays by his own rules. He's had number one hits. He's written number one hits, but talk to me just a little bit, Miss Casey about what it meant being on the road with him, what it means being in the same room as him, what it means being um, friends with him, um, his influence and inspiration to you. What kind of man is he? And, and why do I, like I get goosebumps thinking about his songs. Like his music means that much to me. Yeah, so uh, honestly, it just started out with, I guess, it, just through my booking agent, I just got a, a run of shows um, uh, with them and Whiskey Myers back in June, and that was huge. I'm a fan of Whiskey Myers and obviously a fan of Jamie, but didn't, you know, really get to know them. It was, it was you know, one of those just, I was riding in a van and trailer with my band, so we would just show up, we would play and just haul butts in the next town, um, so I really didn't even get to hang out with Mr. Jamie, um, that much. But then this past December, 
I guess they liked me so much they asked me to come out and do a run with them um, where I rode the bus and was acoustic. And so I really got to know everybody and got to know Mr. Jamie. And um, I've always looked up to him for, like you said, he's never changed who he is, not once, like not one time ever. Um, and he's always been true to himself and his songs just cut right. I mean, it just cuts right into your soul. Um, so it was such an honor to be able to, to go back out on the road with them and um, just get to spend time with him. I mean, everything that he's been through, um, just his advice and his wisdom that he was willing to share with me um, while we were out is just incredible. Um, what a fun, what a fun tour to be on. When you're, when you're opening for Jamie and you see that audience and you know they're dedicated and passionate towards his music, they're falling in love with you at the same time, but what were you, you were, talk to me, were you brought out on stage to do any duets with Jamie? Did he call you back out? And also talk to me about when you, when you see the same show night after night, and I'm not saying that Jamie has the same show, he'll mix it up and he'll throw in Misery and Gin, which I love listening <laughs> to him sing Haggard, or, or he'll, he'll do you know a, a song off of that lonesome song that might not be in his regular nightly set. What were you looking forward to the most, standing there side stage or, or watching Jamie's show? What, what songs did you love to hear on a nightly basis? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I, I would jump up with Mel and sing some background every once in a while. Um, but I love just as much to stand there on the side. Um, Between Jennings and Jones is my favorite that I love to hear every night. Um, one of my favorite things about watching his show is, like, you, you hit on his fans for – a second um but his fans are so loyal and so um just passionate about you know he hasn't put music out in what 10 years like it's it's been a long time and and the fans are still showing up and it's only just growing and getting bigger um and honestly it was kind of intimidating standing in front of his fans every night because they are no bullshit they are just you can't fool them like if no. you're not authentic um they will sniff it out and so it was a challenge playing for his for his fans but i, I feel like i i feel like i won him over <laughs> i think you did I, you won me over and i think um <laughs> you mentioned jennings and jones between jennings and jones our, our mutual friend wally jamie's tour manager wrote that song with which uh such a clever play on words of jamie's last name fitting in between jennings and jones and then how it ends, you know, in the original album version of going to a record store and all you got to do is look between Jennings and Jones. And then he adds in that new thing that he's doing, you know, about the Lord. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. Like, Jamie's genius. I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You are so lucky as a musician to get to cut your teeth with a musician like him. Songwriter, not just songwriter, not just um, singer. One of the greatest voices in country music history, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking like genius level choreographer of a band, band leader, the way he can put all these different instruments together. He has got so much Max Weinberg of his percussion, like Max Weinberg, you know, the drummer from Bruce Springsteen, like Jamie could go and play with any band out there, but lead them. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is such a, the word that comes to mind is perfectionist. Like that dude does not cut corners. Am I right? Oh, no. And. One, the one thing that shocked me the most, for some reason, I don't know why, when I, because the first time I ever saw him live was when I was out with him and Whiskey Myers last June, was the horn section. 
I don't know. I was so blown away, but it made so much sense. And he, he's just so unique like that. Um, yeah, totally. And my favorite is like, they didn't play the same set every night. Like it was, he just does what he wants and the band just follows along. That's how good they are. Um, they're always on their toes and it, it's just, it's pretty, pretty awesome to watch. Yeah. And I'm, while you're talking, I'm taking some notes here about things that I want to try to figure out. Like wh- how, how does a musician like you look at your own career, your own talent when you're up against a monster like that? And I, and I, this, I'm going to, I'm going to transition this conversation cause I'm really interested in your story. I think you, you're the real deal, but do you find yourself inspired all the time and influenced 100% of the time when you're around a man like Jamie Johnson and his band, you know, um, or do you question yourself sometimes of like, Holy geez, like this dude is next level. Like, like Jamie's going to go down as, as one of the greatest in the history. Like he, he doesn't have to have another number one hit. This guy has been, this guy has been invited to lead George Strait's celebrations in his festivals. He's personal friends with the king of country music on a level that not many are. He's played the volunteer jam for God rest in peace, Charlie Daniels, rest in peace, my brother. But Jamie played the volunteer jam every year and sat in with the band and led the band. He was on the George Jones tribute. He's on the Merle Haggard tribute. He's been invited by all of these legends to be part of what they are in their existence because of who he is, whether it's Farm Aid and Willie Nelson, Lucas Nelson, Luke Combs has said that he looks up to Jamie Johnson. There's so many people that have been inspired by this man. Did you find yourself, Miss Casey, going, oh, man, like, am I going to make it? Do I have the chops or did you, was your confidence just, you know, driven more seeing like, Hey, Jamie Johnson believes in me. Um, yeah. You know, if I was at the same level as Mr. Jamie, I'd probably be intimidated and I'd probably be like, yeah, I should pack it up. But being a new artist and, um, it's a confidence boost knowing like that they wanted me to come back out on the road. Um, and that he's willing to sit there and give advice. Um, but I'm always inspired anyone that's doing better than me, especially someone that I like actually do love their music and really do um, think their craft is just out of this world. Like Mr. Jamie's, I definitely always inspired and I'm always taking notes, you know, as far as the band goes and, and how they're acting and how they're playing and all that good stuff. So that when it's time for me to be on that level, um, you know, how to make the best of it and make it the best show I can possibly make. Hold on. Let me write this. Okay. This is where (laughs) I write down things because I want to, if you don't tell, tell me on here, I'm going to ask you off air. Um, (laughs) Tell me this. Were there ever any intimate moments of conversation between you and Jamie, where he gave you something to, to go off of? Like, was there anything like you could take home with you and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this because here's the deal. It's not easy. This is what they refer to as a 10 year to 12 year town. Um, there's there. What's that? I'm on year seven. Sear seven. You're not a household name yet, but you're going to be. It's easy to get. It's, it's as easy to give up on that dream as it is to try to make it because to say when we're going to get into your childhood and the Keith urban thing and being born in Carolina, North Carolina and moving to Nashville and having the, the guts to do it for a young woman is it's not easy. Um, 
women in country music isn't easy. They don't, I don't think that they get what men get in country music. I don't think, I know that there's badasses like Miranda and Dolly and, and, and the, and the Rebas and the ones that have made it. And there's some singers in Nashville today that, that are on their way up, whether it's Haley Witters or Marin Morris and girls that have, that have been making it. Gretchen was awesome. In my opinion, I thought Gretchen, I thought Gretchen Wilson was unreal. I think Miranda is unreal. Um, I think Jennifer Nettles has an amazing voice. I think that Heidi Newfield from Trick Pony and her solo career has an amazing voice. I think you are there. You have the swagger. You have the this rock country. Uh, it could go so many ways, your voice. But tell me, did Jamie say anything to you, Miss Casey? Like, you got to stay here. You got to stay in your lane. Do this. Don't give in. Keep your publishing. What What were some of his advice? If you can't tell me and it's too intimate, I understand. But did he did he sit you down and, and, and give you a lesson in life when it comes to country music in Nashville, Tennessee? Oh, yeah, he sure did. So uh, it was the last weekend of um, the run in June with him and Whiskey Myers. And uh, I didn't, like I said, I, I didn't really get to know them during that because it was so hectic, um, which is usually the case, you know, for something like this. Um, anyway, uh, Wally comes to get me and he's like, Jamie wants to see you. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, they're so, if you don't know them, they're intimidating as hell. And so I go up on the bus and, you know, he's got his Marine Corps carpet and I'm like, oh man. And he's just like, when he stares at you, he like stares into your soul, you know? And he just started, I mean, hey, good to meet you. Thank you for being on the road with us. And just goes right into this insanely awesome advice. And it's, it's what I needed to hear. Cause at the time, you know, artist careers are kind of like a roller coaster. It's up and I was just coming off at the lowest point i've had in my career thus far I, my whole team changed um it just felt like no matter how hard i was trying it was just about to go in the toilet and but i had just started getting some momentum new team uh i had a single out called middleman at the time that kind of changed my life um and changed the course of of my career and but i still needed to hear everything he had to say he just really just you know just made it very clear that if you are not authentic and you try to change to fit the industry, the ever-changing industry, you're just going to get washed away and washed into this big pile of folks that are just going to always change and float with the wind. But if you stay true to yourself, you cannot put music out for 10 years and sell out an amphitheater, you know? And so it was just really awesome to hear him talk about his experience um, and to it was just a great, he was just a great reminder of just being true to yourself and singing the songs and singing the, singing about the things that you want to sing about. Um, and I just, I will always take that with me. And the fact that he was like, here's my number. If you ever need anything, call me. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> That's so cool. Isn't that crazy that you could, like, I'm a duck hunter and I get to call Jamie Johnson to talk about music or, or a hunt or a recipe. It's like, what a great guy. And just what, a great career. And what he said is so true about this is about having a career, a long career. And there's a lot of ways to do that in music now with the streaming, but authenticity to your audience and a stage presence and a swagger to hold an audience's attention. Like Jamie does every night. I don't know how many shows a year, but it's a lot. And oh, they're yeah. all, so, and they're all sold out. And when I go to his shows, I stand there and look at the audience like they hang on to every word. And that is what 
Merle and George Jones and Hank and Bosey. That's what they did. They, they, they wrote when they were high. They wrote when they were happy. They wrote when they were sad. They wrote when they were sober. And their audience reflects that, and they grab onto that and gravitate towards it. Right. It's real. At the, and the other band you mentioned that you're on the road with, I mean, holy smokes, can you imagine Casey Tyndale, Whiskey Myers, and Jamie Johnson? Cody Cannon is one of the great lyricists, great lead men, great rock and roll country voices of today. And you talk about a band that did it their way of owning all their music, all their publishing, owning their tour. They don't even have a freaking label. They have nothing. They own it all, and they sell out every freaking show they go to, and they're genius. Whiskey Myers is one of the best bands. I would say probably going to go down as one of the best country rock bands of all time if that if they're not already there. Easy. And it. I was so honored to be on the road with them. I mean, it, I took just as many notes from them as I did Jamie. I mean, it was just incredible just that is where i want to be i mean just the the level of passion from fans and the dedication and just them being exactly who they are i mean that is just it's just incredible 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 band i'm glad you said incredible because that it's it's truly an honor to know that they get you know take a a, a singer like you up and coming seven years into the business and give you not just hope, but confidence in yourself because Jamie Johnson's not going to sugarcoat. First of all, Jamie's not going to bring you back out on the road if you suck. Or let and me it, ride the bus. I mean, <laughs> that's like your home away. So just the fact that his crew was like, sure, you can grab a bunk, ride with us. Like, that's, I'm so honored. The best. And the respect, you know, Jamie's a very respectful man and yeah. he, demand, he demands respect. And I think that that, is what your career is going to do, Casey, after I got to know you and talk to you and you're such a, a humble and you're not timid, but when you're, when you talk, you don't want to, you don't like to overshadow people. I caught on to all of this. Like you don't need to be the center of attention. You don't need to control the conversation. But then when you get on the microphone, you're like your songs and your swagger, you earn it and you demand it from the audience. And you have that feeling of like, man, that is so country. And that is so legitimate to me. And that's what I look for an artist of. And that's why I wanted to have you on here is sometimes people ask me like, well, you've had bro country on there. And I'm like, have I, have I really like, are you really sure that that's what that is? Or are you into the story of somebody? And I take my good friend, Chase Rice, Chase came up with in bro country, Chase put out some bro country, but you know what Chase is doing? He, he has so much respect for the craft that he wants to be, he wants to get back to his country roots. He wants, he's admitting that, Hey, I'm putting out the best music of my life. Now. I don't even think about that stuff in the past. And that's admirable to me that, that this, this industry could get you so lopsided of who you really are, that if you give into it, you got to fight to get out of it. And I think that you are doing that of saying, Hey, I'm not going to compromise. And I think that that's what I got out of you is that your career is going to be full of those nights of fans that are going to be hanging on all of your work because you're real well i really appreciate that that means a whole lot um coming from you i really really appreciate it um yeah there when i first got to town i was i mean i've always been on the rock side of country um i was a little more country because you know teams trying to just bend me bend me bend me trying as hard as i could but you really you can't you can't change me and it be real, you know, but I feel like now 
I am starting to lean more into that rock side and not really care. I mean, year seven in, you, I mean, you can only be who you are. And, but not to say I'm not proud of, of the music that I put out in the past. Um, and I'm sure Chase is still proud of what he accomplished, even though he might be, you know, taking a different path right now. But um, I think it's, it's all about growth, too. I mean, who we are, what we allow to happen, you know, whether it be five years ago or 10 years ago, um, we're all on this journey and, and our music's going to change and it, along with our lives. And that's one of the cool things I love about music is that you can still be who you are and just what's going on in your life could mold you to do like Dirk Bentley did a bluegrass record, you know, and that's not really him, but it was still him and it's cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's cool. I'm excited for Chase's new music. I'm excited for his new music. I'm, and I, and I think what you're saying rings true just because life and is what songwriting is. And that's why, and I, and I, you know, I don't want to ever offend anybody, but I just think that Nashville for a period got into this, like what I deemed, I called it cubicle country. And mm -hmm. it was like all of these robots sitting in these cubicles, like just writing songs and pumping them out there. And then when you heard an artist sing them, I was like, that's not you. That's not, I know you, that's not who you are. Yeah. Like, why, why are you doing that just to climb the charts? Why are you compromising for a dollar when your authentic ability to get your message out there to your audience is what's going to sell out arenas or sell out an amphitheater? Why are yeah. you doing that? I kept asking myself, like, that's not you. That is not who you are. I, I've been in deer camp and I'm not going to say any names, but I've been in deer camp with you and that is not who you are. Why are you singing that song? You didn't write it. You never lived it. Why are you compromising your style and your voice and your ability to put a good country song out there? And that's one thing that we started with Jamie is that if you listen to any of the things that he's done from the Cochran album to, you know, a bitch at the bottom, but it's lonely, it's lonely at top, but a bitch at the bottom. I mean, how real is that? So how, real. And that's so what you're, that's what, that's what you're hitting on there is that your songs are real. You mentioned middleman and I want you to continue your thought, but I want to get into how real, how life and songwriting correlate each other. And that's what I think an artist should be is somebody that sings the songs that are part of their life. And it doesn't mean you have to write every one of them. You could hear a song that was written for you, but at least hold on to your authenticity when you do pick right. that song. Right. Totally. My first record, uh, I always joke about it because sometimes it makes me cringe. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I was old enough. It's so funny because they youth is such a big deal, you know, especially with being a woman. Um, it's like the younger you are, the better. But at the same time, I'm like, my first record, I had not lived enough life. And sure, it was authentic at the time. But I listen back and I'm like, Ugh, you know, it just kind of makes me cringe. But I'm still proud of it. But I'm, you know, like this new music, I feel like I've lived some life since then. And it kind of started, you know, from middleman onto this new stuff that we've got. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how just songwriting, who you are how it all changes together it's it's amazing and you don't even try to change it it doesn't it just kind of happens and you look and you're like wow these songs are so much more mature than when i was 20 you know it's just it's pretty cool how old are you now is that a rude question to ask a young lady i'm 26 god you're getting up there <laughs> Get <laughs> you're, <old. laughs> so, you're so young i mean like 26 is so young and your songs are like Let's talk about middleman. This is written about divorce, right? Mm -hmm. My parents it, were divorced and I loved it. Um, you know, I, I feel like I had 
two Christmases, two birthdays and growing up a hunter, I, I had guns at each house. They didn't want me to travel, you know, with guns in the vehicle to and from. And, and so I just, I had two places to hunt, you know, one with my dad, one with my stepdad. And I really loved how well my parents did divorce. Like they, they got along. Um, it was wonderful. And I, you know, I wrote this song with my best friend who you probably know, uh, Lainey Wilson, and we were roommates at the time. And, you know, I just, we were just kind of talking about it. It's more like matter of fact, you know, speaking about my parents being divorced. And I said, you know, the only thing that sucked about it, the oldest sibling, I was the middleman. And of course, being a songwriter, she was like, go get a guitar. We're writing that right now. Uh, But I didn't realize until I put this song out, how many people didn't have good experience with divorced parents. Um, And I feel like I wrote it for everybody else, not myself. I mean, it, it just it's been incredible to watch people connect to that song, but that song was real. I mean, to a T, the only thing that wasn't true about it is because it didn't actually rhyme was we didn't meet at the Texaco. We met at a Hess station, but Hess sounds really awful in a song. <laughs> so we threw in Texaco, but yeah. You, I don't know. I think you could make Hess rhyme. I think you could, I think you could do it, it somehow. Was, we tried. It was so weird that day. We were like, let's just go to Texaco. It's fine. <laughs> it's a gas station. <laughs> um have have the mom and dad heard it and what was their response to their daughter recognizing divorce the heartache the um your your respect for them and how they handled it after the fact what was their reaction to hearing it um was it was it a sentimental moment and a sad moment for them that you realized this and that your art was coming through in their divorce um, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. So I, like I said, I kind of was at the lowest point of my career and I needed to move. I mean, I just really need to move. I needed, you know, to be able to get a new team to get back on the road. Um, and you know, I think this was right when the pandemic started, I want to say, anyway, it was just the worst time ever, uh, for me and a lot of artists, obviously. Um, but I just remember praying like, Lord, I need, I need something. And so middleman happened. And we, I mean, me and Lainey both knew we were like, this has got to be the next single. So I called my mom and I called my dad and I was like, Hey guys, <laughs> I got this song that is really tough to, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's the best song I think I've ever written and would just really love to have your blessing to try to start figuring out how to pay to put it out. And you know, I'm sure it hurt their feelings, but again, they they just understand how hard I've been working, and they also knew it was the best song I'd ever written. Um, and it just it took them a second, but they both were like, "Let's go, do it." And I'm sure my mother will probably kill me for saying this, but you know, of course, it she felt a little weird about it. But then she called me, and you know, I'm broke as a joke at this point, and she was like, you know. She was like, this is the song and it's, it's kind of awkward, whatever, but I'm going to pull out of my retirement so you, I can help you pay for this. No song. way. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Cool. <laughs> so awesome. I'm like, I mean, that really got me. So she, she threw in a little change and helped me, uh, helped me cut the song and, and it got me my next publishing deal, which for somebody like me, that pays a lot bill. And, um, it was, it was a big deal and it got me 
my new team. I mean, it changed everything. And it was them, my mom and my dad going, you know what? It's, you know, this is your career. And even if it's a little bit weird, do it. Um, what do you mean new team? Like, I want to know, like, how does this song get an artist like you to say, well, it helped me get my new team. Is this publishing management, booking agent band? What are you talking about when you say, who is your team? Um, so I had gotten dropped from my previous, uh, booking agent. So this song I was playing around and my new booking agent was sitting in the back of the room and was like, I don't know who you are, but we're meeting tomorrow. And that for me is the biggest piece for me. Cause I'm, I'm a road dog. I, I grew up on the road. And so, uh, getting a new booking agent was a big deal for me. Um, but then also that led to my new management team, uh, here at Riverhouse who they work with Luke Holmes and Ray Fulcher and Jameson Rogers and that whole camp. Um, they have been just a blessing. Um, they've been just helping me develop again. Um, and they helped me, you know, get the song out, um, you know, PR, everything. I mean, it's, it's it was incredible. How the, get, I just got it all going again. Will it get pushed to radio? Um, no, we kind of, I'm not really ready for that yet. Um, and I'm just really trying to like, I don't want to say rebrand. Rebranding is not, or maybe it is the word. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm older now. It was, you know, I kind of had like this two year ish break, you know, with COVID and just team members changing and stuff like that. Um, so I just feel like we're having to kind of almost rebrand. I'm still the same person, but I'm 26, you know, and it's different, different music. It's a little more rock. Um, uh, it's just, I have an awesome new producer. It's just, yeah, they kind of help me navigate those waters. So are, are you going to, you say, be ready for radio, but do you want radio? I mean, to be foolish to say, well, you wouldn't take it if it came, but do you, yeah. concent do you concentrate more on streaming and touring or do you put together a radio team and invest in that as well? Well, you know, I feel like at this point I would need like a label and I'm, I'm still technically independent. So um, radio kind of is out of the question for me right now, but I'm kind of like, I mean, look at Whiskey Myers, you Heck know? Yeah. Just, I also just love the road. So I love focusing on that. I'm on tour with Drake White right now. And um, it's just, I love shaking hands, meeting fans, one person at a time, looking them in the eye and, and keep growing. And, and obviously you, you have to focus on the streaming world because that's, that's how people are, are hearing it. Um, but of course, I want country radio at some point. It's just, it might be a, a little while. <laughs> You mentioned Drake. He's a good friend of ours. He's been on here. He's hunted with us. Um, what a story, huh? Oh, my gosh. It's my life. is. I toured with him back in September for a month, and then I'm out till the end of May with him now. And every time I'm around him and his crew, my life changes somehow. He's just tapped in spiritually just to where every time I'm around him, I just feel fed. I feel like I'm better for it. Just, just being in their presence, um, it's it's been incredible. Um, the story of Drake White and his accident, we call it, and then his recovery, and then 
Alex and his angel and his counterpart and Miss Alex. Um, he's like, that's a unbelievable story of not giving up and to be where he is again on stage and shaking that tambourine and rocking crowds like that. Like I never imagined it when I saw the shape he was in, but that just shows you what spirit tenacity, you know, just wanting to, wanting to not give up. Like that's, that's just an yeah. awesome, awesome will to survive, to get, go through what he did. And I think more people need to hear that story. And I know that he had national attention in people magazine. He was, he was on the show, the doctors, I believe, and him and Alex got to tell the story, but you know, turmoil and, and hardship is part of life and how you adapt and overcome and, and get through that and learn from it and mature from it. And that's when you mentioned peaks and valleys in music. I mean, music careers can be so demoralizing in my opinion. And I, I don't know if a lot of people are suited for it. I think that Nashville has been a machine that has chewed a lot of people up and spit them out and sent them packing to where they might still live there, but they're not on the path of music anymore, you know? And it's a yeah. scary, it's a scary thought of like, what does the crystal ball show? You know, where, how does it, how is this going to play out? And if you rush it too much, you're not going to get there. You're not, it's going to, it's not going to be authentic and it could be very generic, but it's talk to me, Casey, about that feeling, the fright. Is it always confidence or do you go through those times of like, wait a minute, how did they get there before I did? Wait a minute. I'm as good a songwriter as that. And I want you to relate it to social media. Oh, because gosh. social media, you get caught doing this shit all the time of like, what they sold out what they got a new record deal what they're on the let they're on the jimmy fallon show what they're playing the opry they're in this what they're at the Ryman tonight like as an artist i look at it like stay in your lane and that's what i've tried to you know tell our team to do but it's so in my opinion being an artist and being in your shoes like how have you adapted to that and how do you deal with being able to pick this thing up at any given time and know what your counterparts are doing the success they're having because nobody is living an unhappy life on Instagram and TikTok. I mean, it's the happiest shit of all time, right? Like Walker Hayes has made everybody dance to the Applebee's song and everybody's so happy and choreographing this and that, but it's not all, it's not all lemons and limes, is it? No, it's, whew, when I first got to town, TikTok was my thing. And, uh, you know, it was, you had a new, had new music, you, got a booking agent you went on the road and that's kind of how I started so but right after I got good and on the road everything changed it was like Spotify and you had TikTok and the whole industry just flipped on its head of of what of how people get record deals or, or this or that and um as far as you know seeing people like kind of go around you and stuff the one thing I've learned um you know it's just, it's just nobody's path is the same and so as soon as you find yourself going well why do they have this faster than I do or man they just got to town and they're doing this and that it's like it's just always up and down like they might skyrocket but then you're gonna skyrocket and it, it's just you a lot of people get wrapped up in it and I have too but I've learned just because it's happened so many times that it just doesn't matter um, because it truly has nothing to do with your career and your path. It seems like it does, 
Um, but it, it truly doesn't. And uh, one of my just, or you asked, how do I deal with that? Um, my friends here, I have a group of, of girlfriends that we all do the same thing and we all are each other's family. Um, and, you know, being roommates with Lainey for so long, she, you know, she had been here for 10 years when she got, you know, her record deal and, and started doing well. And I watched her grab the bull by the horns um, and just kind of like Drake take no, no is not going to happen. Like it's, it's going to happen. And, and I watched as people went around her, you know, people she wrote with when they first got to town and, and she, she just kept her head down and she kept rolling. And um, so just having people like her in my life to sit there and, re and remind me just through their actions and their success that that stuff truly doesn't matter. And the minute you can get the devil out of your head, that's telling you you're not good enough or that you're never going to be as successful as somebody that's kind of maybe going around you a little bit. Um, as soon as you can get the devil out of your head, you're, you're right back at your craft. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's tough. I, I understand why so many artists have alcohol and drug problems in this, in this industry. It's whoa, because whoa, 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 whoa. Now you open up a whole can of worms now because that town you live in music city, you cannot get away from a good time there. So there's always an excuse just to go out and drink for fun and socialize. But now, but now you're saying, yeah, but now you're saying that this can become a crutch because yeah, of the industry why it's just it's just hard you know like you're always having to kind of be self-absorbed which is hard for people i mean we're meant to not be that way but to be successful sometimes you have to be selfish or you have to be whatever and and then you have all those problems like you were talking about like you get you feel like you're not good enough for this or that and then you go out to these bars where that's the only thing to do is to listen to music and drink around here um, at this you know, point in your career, Miss Lay, or I'm sorry, we've been talking about Lay, Miss Casey. How how many times a week right now do you get down? Do you get? Do you uh, go? Do you go? Oh my gosh, am I, is this worth it? Or why am I so far behind? Or and I'm not saying you are. I'm just thinking the thoughts that can go through a person's head when everything is Nashville's getting big, but that community's still very recognizable. You know what's going on with other artists at any given time. And, and I do too. All I got to do is pick up uh, a social media platform and you can kind of see who's doing it, who's not, what's going on. How many times a week do you question your career or right now? Are you all at the mindset that your confidence is at an all time high and you're rolling? Um, my confidence is as at, is at an all time high, but I still will compare myself every once in a while to like, you know, somebody I see on social media and I'm like, why can't I do that? But Again, I've learned to shake it off pretty quick. But, you know, back a couple of years ago, I was down every day, all the time. How and, Are you are you sober? Uh, or do you party? No, I don't have a problem. <laughs> um, but it's not a crutch. I just, I like to drink. But um, I just, I've known so many people that it's really hard for them. I mean, you think about it. We have events all week long free alcohol here and there and um it's just crazy but we have great resources here especially recently or in the past few years um i go to this place called porter's call and it's free for it's a um 
it's therapy, but it's for um, artists that travel and it's free and people just donate to it. And it's awesome. And I think that's so important um, for, for artists just because we're creative people in general. We, we feel things so deep and we have to, to be able to write about it and create about it, you know? Um, and sometimes I think like we're meant to go through more things so we can help other people by writing about it. Um, but yeah, like I go to therapy. I love it. I, I'm, I stay on top of it, but it's, I can imagine somebody that is kind of, you know, maybe doesn't believe in therapy or doesn't, you know, whatever I can just, I can see, I mean, this, this industry just will tear you up quick because you got to think about it. Business is business also. And you've got these people, you know, labels and people that are pulling a lot of the strings that they got to do what they got to do for their business and what, and what they're doing. And this is our whole life, you know, so it really can, can dig at you pretty hard if you're not careful. So when you, when you look at what's going on right now, personally, but do you try to discipline yourself not to, to keep trolling or whatever that's called when you just keep oh, yeah. going? Do you, do you, do you make it a point to mentally discipline yourself not to care and not look and just stay in your lane? Have you even, have you ever like abandoned your accounts or have you ever like quit following people? So you weren't, it wasn't so readily available to you. So you, every single day was just full of what you were trying to execute and what your focus and vision was to be on, because that's really the only way to do it. Cause if you get stuck in that, 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 you know, Brent Cobb, who I think is one of the best songwriters of all time told me that you you said, amen. Uh (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you said that me and you're going to get along fine. Um, He's amazing. Dude is genius on a different level. And he's been on this podcast many times. And he told me, just challenge yourself for the first 45 minutes or an hour every day to not touch your phone. Live in the, live in the darkness, understand Uh dark, understand darkness, go get your feet cold on the ground that mother earth is providing for you. Let it radiate, get a cup of coffee and sit with your dog on the back porch. You're looking out your window. If it's too cold outside and understand that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be depressed and it's okay to be drunk and it's okay to be high and it's okay to be happy. And it's so that's life. And he goes, I don't want to live life if I don't get to experience all that. Yeah. So, so, so challenge yourself to do you in all of those different facets, but don't let it manipulate, get manipulated by, Oh wait, now I'm sad because he or she's getting to do this. Right. Cuz that's not that's not real sadness. Right. That that's envy. That's jealousy. Those are that's that's bad. That's bad. Like you oh, don't yeah. you can be sad. You can get down because you feel abandoned or you feel dark, you feel hurt, but you don't need to be jealous of somebody else. And we can feel like we're going to feel things. Things just feelings just happen. It's what we do with those feelings that matters, you know, if and and just yeah, like being disciplined and something that Drake actually got me doing, uh, him and Alex, they put their phones in the bathroom and they got an old fashioned alarm clock. And so that way, the first thing you, you do is not reach for your phone. Um, uh, and I've, I've did that. So <laughs> I'm back to an old alarm clock. I had in like middle school. <laughs> I, and, and I, and I do it more often than not now, 
to where I don't have it by me. I don't reach for it. I take a cold shower every morning, cold, cold. Like I'm talking like you got, it's like going into cryotherapy and like it's bone chilling cold as I can get it. And I stand in there until my body's like, we're good. You know, I'm, we're good. I'm that thread. Huh? I've just started doing that. It's the best, isn't it? It's oh, yeah. the best. Your, your, your day is so much different because we, we get so comfortable of reaching for that phone and being like, oh, gee, I wonder who these 17,000 people that I'm following are doing today. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't care. Like, we're, we're not put on this earth to know that much stuff going on. Totally. We're not. We're and not. The is that, you know, especially now, and, and I, I mean, TikTok totally has done this. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of people that might not be in this like little 10% in Nashville that, that have teams. TikTok is a way that they can be like, I can make myself, you know, put myself in front of millions of people and have a career because I say so, you know, and I think that's great. Um, I'm not really good at TikTok, but I'm getting there. <laughs> but so much of our careers now, especially like as a new artist, is very dependent on social media and which stinks, you know, because that's not the way we, you know, I want it to be. I, I would much prefer to have more of a Whiskey Myers type of career. Where they really don't care about that stuff. But in all honesty, it really, I mean, our careers depend on, new artist careers depend on social media. And so it's really hard to, to be disciplined and make yourself only get up there for, you know, a certain amount of time a day to do whatever you need to do for your business and get off. Cause then you start scrolling and then you're like an hour later, you're looking at somebody's life from 10 years ago. And you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, I'd be hard. I bet you Cody Cannon. I know he doesn't do his own social media and I bet you he barely looks at it. I would gather to say that he's very rarely even on there looking at, and I know Jamie like for sure doesn't do his own Instagram. And I bet she doesn't even have the app on his phone. If I had to guess. Well, we have a, a team here at river house that they're awesome and they, they help with social media, but they, they know that I, you know, for everyone's sake, I don't need to be consumed with social media all the time. So they definitely help me, you know, they'll like post some things for me. I'll, I'll create it, but they'll post it or, um, they'll just help me to, to not have to be on social media all day long. And some people, I know people that can be on it all day and it doesn't phase them. And, you know, and it, and that's great. That's just not for me. Cause I didn't really, you know, I didn't grow up in that. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, how, how does an artist in today's political climate, we don't need to talk politics. Cause I think Sammy Kershaw hit it on the head when he said politics, religion, and her, I don't want to touch any of that. Um, but how do you stay neutral, even though you might believe in a certain way or vote a certain way or believe a certain way, um, in today's political climate of division, I mean, it's bad right now. Where do you wake up thinking on those lines of staying, do you stay neutral? Do you, do you take a stance on any of the way that you were raised, the way you were brought up, your beliefs? You talked about guns in the house. You talk about me and you talked about hunting a little bit. You believe in that lifestyle, eat, mm -hmm. living off the land, eating a deer steak once in a while, eating some wild crappie or a bluegill once. A, what do they call bluegill in the South? Brim? Eating a wild yeah. brim once in a while. Um, how, how do you control your political points of view and try to not piss anybody off or get on a soapbox? When it comes to politics, um, honestly, it, 
to me, it's just because it causes so much division. I, I play music. That's all I give a shit about. And I want, and music brings people together. Uh, the only thing that I take a stance on and I'll never forget, I mean, and you know, people don't have to feel this way. Um, but the only thing I take a stance on is my love for Jesus, because there's this one Bible verse that my mom told me when I was in high school. No, I was in college just after I won the Keith Urban thing. And we kind of saw that I was actually going to chase music. Um, in this Bible verses, those who acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge before the father and those who deny me before man, I'll deny before the father. And I'm like, Oh shit. That kind of gets me. So I openly talk about my faith. Um, but as far as politics go, I just, it, I've seen the ones that have spoken up about it, um, the division that it causes. And I just ain't there for that. And what I do in my private life, as far as that goes, is, is what I do in my private life. And, you know, how I talk to my friends about politics. It's one thing, but I just don't believe in, I don't believe in, in taking the musical platform and drawing a harder line. I think. So you believe in the Brent? You believe in the Brent Cobb lyric of shut up and sing. I mean, look, and people, you know what? If you're convicted about something and you can't lay your head down at night and have peace in your heart without saying something, then that's you, you know? But for me, that's just not the way I roll. Um, and I, I you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy right now. I just, I just want to sing, to be honest. My point was is that I don't want to go to a comedy show or a concert and have somebody that I pay and to, to entertain me get up and try to persuade me. I don't need yeah. that. It's like we're all make our own decisions and we can make our own, you know, thoughts about whatever, you know. It's it's so wild. It it's is so wild right now. <laughs> I just like nervous laugh at it all, you know. Um, but there's yeah, I mean and I'm sure there's things like religion and, you know, like talking about my love for hunting uh, and guns that probably puts me in some sort of box. But I never, ever, you know, want anyone else to I'm never going to to say anything or do anything on purpose to ever make anybody uncomfortable. But if it's something like that that I'm talking about, I kind of don't give a shit. You know, you either like me or you don't. Um, but, yeah, the politics part. I keep that on somewhere. It's too much. It's just too much. It's like, <laughs> I don't even turn on the news stations anymore, but let's get into um, yesterday. My daughter and I are driving home and we're getting ready to start Easter dinner. And um, I play for her Jesus and Joan Jett. And she, obviously <laughs> she's like, I like this voice and I know who Joan Jett is. So it took us right into you know, right into a Joan Jett songs that I grew up on. I'm older than you. I'm 20 years older than you. Exactly. So, you know, I, I grew up on rock, Joan Jett and rock and roll and Lita Ford and, and all of the great rock that came out of the eighties and the nineties. Um, how does a girl being 26 get influenced by, I love rock and roll standing at the jukebox couldn't you know he must have been about 17 like that's one of the biggest anthems in rock when it comes on the stadium goes nuts when it comes on the radio you can't help but sing along to it like Joan Jett's a badass right um the correlations of your life with Jesus and Joan Jett this is a cool song this is a got a good vibe and, and and just cool energy to it 
why, why Joan Jett though? Why, how do you come up just cause it was trendy or just because it went, it sounds good with the wordplay or how do you come up with the lyrics for this song? Well, my mom listened to a lot of rock and, you know, I had a lot of time in the car going from house to house and, uh, she just loved, she loved age rock, 70s rock. She always was playing like Hart, Pat Benatar, Joan Jett. Um, and yeah, I just, I just always loved Joan. I mean, I loved all the women of rock to be honest with you. Like, pretty much equally um as far as the song went you know it was it just felt right you know I mean I just needed a song that was me to a T and um and that's kind of where that that song came from and yeah I'm just I have a lot of influence from the rock world like those women plus like you know Avril Lavigne and um shoot like Green Day I mean all that kind of stuff just and then you add in how much I love country because I'm a country human and obviously listen to a lot of country radio as well and also i was a huge allison krauss fan growing up so you kind of add that all together and that's that's kind of where my oh i love imp- allison krauss are. oh dude her and robert are just who are, so- who, her and who robert plant Ron- you're breaking up Rhonda vincent oh yeah Rhonda. Un- those two are unreal I've i've got to meet allison and man, what a sweetheart and what a talent. I've seen her open with Willie and play on stage with Willie and heard her sing with Jamie. Like she's an incredible talent. Um, I love that song. Give me your Mount Rushmore of female country, if you can. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I mean, you, Loretta Lynn. One. Miranda. Oh, I love it. I mean, I freaking love Gretchen. So for that's my, okay. And then one more, right? Let's see. Who's on your shirt. Is she on Dolly. there? Dolly. I feel like it, it's not enough spots. I feel like I got Dolly and Reba. Is Do- but do you think Dolly is like hovering above Mount Rushmore a little bit? Is she the greatest of all time? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think so maybe, but at the same time, like as far as like my Mount Rushmore, um, definitely. I mean, Reba's right there too. I love Patty Loveless. I love I love Leanne Womack. I could listen to Leanne Womack's songs. What was that song she did with Willie? That Mendocino County Line. I could listen to that all day. Oh my um, gosh! You could feel bad if it makes you feel better. Is that Pam Tillis or is that is? I love Pam Tillis too. Yeah. There's I love Tanya Tucker. Oh my gosh! Just complete. Just total pioneers. Total pioneers. Pioneers. Awesome. Just stud me. I I'm at my first country concert. My first concert of all time was. Uh, Twisted Sister opened up for Iron Maiden and I was like, I was a huge D Snyder. I want to rock fan. Right. Cause I was the MTV days when, when they played the, I want to rock and we're not going to take it videos. My second concert, my first country concert of all time was Tanya Tucker and Sawyer Brown. And I still love Sawyer Brown. Incredible wow. energy at that concert. Yeah. It was an awesome show. So yeah, there's, it's hard to pick them out rush more of anything. Like I did this on the Justin Moore podcast. Justin had me on his show and they asked me, him and JR asked me who's the Mount Rushmore of country music. And then I've got through mine with Jamie being on it. And I said, I didn't even put Bo Cephas on there. And I'm like, well, Bo Cephas is above. It's above. <laughs> like they both, like it's, he's above. He's the, fa- like, he's the finest of all time. In my opinion, songwriting, singing like Hank Williams Jr. Is unreal, but so is there's so many good ones out there. It's hard. Like, how do you go against Merle Haggard's voice? And how do you go? I mean, there's so many good songwriters that have come out, but if, like Chris Christopherson's songwriting is on a next level, right? Well, it's, it's so hard to pick it. It's just a personal opinion, but 
bringing me to the point of females in country music. Is it a harder town for a female than it is a male? Do you guys get the same opportunities? Do you get the same treatment? Do you, is it, is it okay to be a female in country music and, and trying to cut your teeth in Nashville, Tennessee, music city, USA? Um, or are you at a disadvantage being a woman in country music? I mean, you got the Ashley McBrides that are making it right now. Miranda is probably that one that that is out there the most with the the awards and the songs and the Moffat tapes were so good with with um, God dang it, with with Jack Ingram and and uh, gosh dang it, John. Uh, I can't even think of it right John. now. My mind's yes, I am going a million miles an hour. But she's so diverse and she does so many. She's had a hell of a career. Um, but as a whole, do they, Casey? Is it okay to, to be a woman in Nashville? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I, I, well, I'm not as far along as, as Miranda or like um, just all the other women that are killing it right now. Um, I have not really experienced it, you know. Um, I just go out and I, I work my ass off and I don't really let that be an excuse. But at the same time, have I truly been in a spot to experience whether it's good or bad to be a woman in country? I really haven't yet. So it's hard for me to speak on. Um, but I'm not worried about where I'm plugging my curling up, my curling iron up in, in a club, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna go in there and do the damn thing like the boys do. And, but then again, you know, I've heard some stories from, from other women. So it's really hard. I think it's, I think we just be ourselves keep kicking ass and it's the best time ever to be a woman right now. I like it. I like it. And I think, I don't know how to say this, but I, I just want you to blow the audience away. Like I don't like there's been some female country concerts that I've gone to and I'm not going to say any names, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't the vibe that it was almost like, um, I've also been to some, you know, males concerts that have done this too. So I'm not segregating anybody, yeah. but your show was just like uh, your covers to your originals, to your stage presence, to your innocence. Like, I don't know how innocent you are, but on stage you come across this, I got some innocence to me, but I am going to do this damn thing. Right. And um, there's another female in, in Nashville. That's a dear friend of mine. And I think she's unreal and I brag on her and I don't care. I don't care to, to people hear me brag on. I think Hannah damn Dasher is got some shit going on and is unapologetic about um, the way she writes a song and sings a country song. Shit. I was at a showcase during the the radio show. What's the radio deal called? CIS. C- CRS. Uh, CRS. I was there a couple months ago or, you know, a month and a half ago for that. And I went to one of her deals and I'm like, you really, you did, you did not. You really just said that in front of this crowd and she did it. And I was like, damn it. Like she's unapologetic. So like, I like that style that you're, that you are country, that you are a woman, you take ownership of it. You love your man. You support your man. You love hunting. You love your dog. Um, and it, it just needs to go that way. It's got to be to what's that. It is going that way. And, and I kind of look at my group of girlfriends and we're all like that and everybody's starting to make waves. And, um, and I think that's what, I think women particularly were missing as well um, was just that realness, you know, like we cuss, we drink, we hang out with the guys, we raise our children, 
we work our asses off and we kind of want to talk about it and we kind of want to sing about it and be real about it. And it's coming back and um, it's really exciting. And you can kind of see that wave happening uh, with women in country music. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. Well, I think you're going to rock it. Um, Hardy was on here last week and we had an unbelievable discussion about his career and his success and what's going on in that camp right now. That's, it's unbelievable to see and I love it. And I know that your roommate and your dear friend Laney did a song with Chase Rice who we talked about on here, the beer song on one of the Hardy Hicks tapes. Um, tell her I said hello, tell her I'm a fan. I love that song. I love her voice. Um, I think you and her are gonna tear it up. I can't wait to see where it goes in the future. I'm so thankful and blessed and honored for my lifestyle that I get invited on that airplane to meet you and to get to know you and to have you on the show. Um, I would love my daughter to meet you and come to a show and hang out and get to know your music. There's so much that you have to offer. And I think you're a hell of a human being. I hope that our friendship continues to blossom. Um, and I say all that not to kiss your ass. Cause I really do think <laughs> that you're a badass. but I am going to ask you a favor. Yeah. Can you sing a song for us? Because I want to hear your voice in that format before we leave here. Um, if you have any closing words, if you want to say anything before you do, um, we're going to go out with Miss Casey Tyndale. You can find her music on all the streaming apps. Um, you can yeah. find Middleman. You can find Jesus and Joan Jett. You can rock out to it. It, it puts me in that state of listening to Gretchen Wilson and Gretchen's new album that she put out two years ago is genius. That, that album should be heard by everybody. Um, she is so damn good. Um, but you put me in that state of listening to Gretchen. I've seen Gretchen at the grand old Opry. I've seen her in regular concerts. She's amazing. Um, so you put me in that state of man, this, we're going to get some more of this. And it went away for a minute and, and Miranda's there. Miranda's got, but Gretchen had that in your face. Let's do a shot. Let's go to hunting camp. Let's go catch some damn fish. Let's do a fish fry. Let's go hang out with grandma on the porch in a swing. Like she was who I want, how I want to raise my daughter. And I think that having the strong women of country music be good role models to a, 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 a daughter, a girl, dad, um, to show me that, Hey, there really is realness and authenticity and legitimacy in these lyrics and these songs. That's what our kids need. I don't need a man hating song. Every time I turn on a woman's a woman, I need a man support song once in a while from a country singer, yep. country right. woman. I don't need a breakup song. Every single time a girl sings, I need a song that love can work. And that you, as a young lady at 12 years old, you can look forward to a good man taking care of you someday. And that's yep. what I love about your music is that I, 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 I gravitate towards it because my daughter is in that, in that growing age right now to where she's going to start finding her way in music and her likeness and uh -huh. who she wants to have on her headphones and her ear pods and her pads. And when she gets to have them out and listening to it. So thank you for that. And I, and I can't wait to see you again. You're an unbelievable talent and I appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, it means a lot and all your kind words. And it was so great to get to know you on the airplane with Jamie and, and yeah, anytime you guys want to come to a show, let us know. Um, and I can't wait to meet your daughter. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about something off uh, when we when we end the recording. I've been I've been thinking about it while we're talking, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Will wh- what do you feel like doing? I mean, I know what I want to hear, but I I also don't want to put you on a spot to where you weren't prepared for it. So, what would you like to? We're going to go out. We usually go out with uh, the artist song that that is on here with Hardy. We went out with Red Necker. Um, we can either go out with a studio version, or we could go out with you singing this live one. You take us out. This is Miss Casey Tyndale. You guys and girls get her music. She's the real freaking deal. Well, if it's cool with you, I kind of want to talk about the next single. I love it. Um, so like I said, I'm 26 and uh, my little sister, she's 23. She just had her first kid. Um, and all my friends back home are getting married and having kids and, you know, small town, you know, it's kind of a timeline you have to follow and, And so I'm just not doing that. And so this is a song that is one of my favorites that I've, I've ever written and it's going to be coming out next. Um, But again, thank you for having me on the show. You're awesome. But uh, this is called babies. Love it. I don't know the house yet. No, I probably should, but it kind of scares the shit out of me. Little sister feels older, got a couple kids, how the hell is she on 23? Another day, another son, always on the run, cause I ride the wind like a fed. Got a dream that I can blame, maybe one of these days I'll finally get it together. I've been living like I'm never gonna be anything other than young. Thing about time is it sure flies by. You don't wanna grow up. I don't really think about trying to settle down, but it's hard not to lately. Cause all my exes call me crazy, and all my friends are having babies. Good boyfriend, do I really like him? I can see him as my husband. Hey, yeah, but thing, I know what kind of ring I want, but I don't know when I want it. Cause I've been living like I'm never gonna be anything other than young. The thing about time is it sure flies by when you don't wanna go up. I wanna be like my mama, then I don't wanna. Yeah, I'm somewhere between. Cause I've been living like I'm never gonna be anything other than young. The thing about time is it sure flies by. You don't wanna grow up. I don't really think about trying to settle down, but it's hard not to lately. All my exes call me crazy And all my friends are having babies All my exes
you crazy and all my friends are having babies. <laughs>